Welcome back to Zillennials Podcast. Today on Zillennials, we have a dinner party recipe. Um, so what we did for this particular dinner party was we looked at viral recipes that we've seen over like the past year or so, and we decided to make them. So Leanne, do you want to talk about the two recipes that we decided we were going to make? Sure. I delegated this task to Kaylee. I feel like she's more in touch with the viral youngins, whatever is going on in that world. So we selected cookie dip and feta pasta. We were originally going to make the cookie dip when you visited, and I think we just tried to make too many things that night and never got around to it. Is there a particular one that you want to start with? Yeah, let's start with the feta pasta. So the feta pasta, a little bit about this dish. Essentially what it is is you take olive oil, you take tomatoes, feta, garlic, you can put thyme on it if you want, put basil on it if you want, and you just sprinkle it with olive oil, roast it in the oven, make your pasta like normal, and then you put the pasta in it afterwards. So it's a pretty simple recipe to make, at least I found so. What did you think? I think it's very easy in terms of, ma- in terms of amount of steps. I think the only thing you need to think about is it does take about 40-ish, 45 minutes, partially because... We used the recipe from I Am A Food blog, and it tells you you put the oven at like 400 or something. If I put the oven too high, the fire alarm goes off, and I didn't want to deal with that, so I did do it at 375, so it did take a little longer. It was a trade-off I was willing to take, because I hate when those things go off when you're trying to cook and nothing's actually burning. Um, So that is a consideration. You can do it at 375. It'll just take a little longer. I'm sure you could do it at any temperature and it would just change how long it takes. Yeah. Honestly, I do see your point about it taking a while to make. But one of the things that I loved about this is it wasn't a lot of active monitoring. Because I feel like for some recipes you have to actively monitor or like you're constantly cutting things. You're constantly like monitoring. You're doing all of these things to make sure that your food is good to go but I feel like this one was nice because you could just throw it in the oven and you forget about it for a while you boil the pasta water on the stove and it's like 10-15 minutes that you're actually actively monitoring this situation so I feel like for that reason I was a big fan of this dish in terms of if I had a busy weeknight or something I agree it was very hands-off and that is what I liked about it I did put a little note where it says easy to make takes a little time but good for a weeknight for example I had let some dishes pile up, so while it was baking, I just cleaned the kitchen. You could read a book, you could do whatever you want, really, and I think what's nice about it is that it's an oven recipe versus stovetop. I think stovetop recipes are usually more high maintenance, because even if it's something like soup or a chili, and you're going to let it simmer for like half hour, 40 minutes... With those types of recipes, I feel like you have to keep stirring so it doesn't stick to the bottom. Whereas this, once you pop it in, you can basically ignore it until your timer goes off. Yes, I agree. So that's why I feel like this recipe was nice because it was like, hands off, don't need to do much with it. And I feel like this recipe also is simple in the fact that like, it's kind of hard to mess it up. (laughs) As long as you can cook things in the oven and you can boil pasta water, you're fine. I think... What's nice is that it is a little customizable as well. I have made this before, maybe a summer or two ago, but I just done, I sliced the garlic and put it in because I like it cooked and I used the feta and tomatoes, obviously. This time I did put onions in because at the bottom it was like, if you want to spice it up, you can put some onions in. I sliced them very, very thinly and I think 
I liked the flavor that they added, but the problem was, even though it was in there for like 40-ish, 45 minutes, the onions never completely softened. So if you have an issue with crunching on onions, which as a former anti-onion person, I have slowly gotten over, but like it still gets me a little bit, they're not going to get completely soft. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point. One thing that I also like about this recipe, though, is I feel like it has pretty good ingredients overall. Like you've got fresh tomatoes, you've got cheese, which will provide some protein. You've got like a cup, you've got like some healthy fats, you've got a grain. So I feel like it's nice in the sense that it's got like a lot of different components. Granted, like I'm no nutritionist, but I think that it's got a lot of different components of a healthier meal. And for us, we just put a side of broccoli with it. You could get real involved, make yourself a nice salad. You could even like be fancy with your broccoli. My preferred method for broccoli is just microwaving frozen broccoli because while it may not be the most exciting, it ensures I eat a vegetable that is prepared in under two minutes. Exactly. Or like if you're somebody who wanted a little bit more protein in this, you could go and you could cook a chicken breast in the oven probably at the same time as you're making this if you've got two racks. Yeah, it's very customizable, very easy. I think like you said, anyone could make this. I think that something we didn't mention earlier when we were talking about why we picked these recipes is specifically we were thinking that school will have started by the time this episode released. Again, you're busy with work and we wanted things that don't require effort because I fall down the trap so often of if if it, if it's not a meal that takes under like 45 minutes to an hour to make like in my head I'm like it doesn't taste good I need to do these giant kitchen projects and sometimes you don't feel like doing that yeah I feel like that is definitely a trap I fall into too where it's like I'll want to make like a recipe for the first time and I'm like oh my gosh it's gonna be so good but then it's like two three hours in the kitchen and I'm like this is so time consuming like especially I find that I especially find this with vegetarian recipes. Not to say that all vegetarian recipes are like this, but I think that a lot of the times they do a lot of altering to the vegetables to make them taste some kind of way. Like, for example, the one that I can think of is like black beans and sweet potato burgers. If you're going to make a black bean and sweet potato burger, it's going to take a significant amount of time. Granted, if you're making something like a salad, super quick, super easy. But like... Depending on what you're doing, the time definitely varies. And I mean, you could say the same for meat recipes too, because you still need to cut the meat a lot of the times, which is a whole process in and of itself. I've had this conversation with my mom a lot where it is much easier to make a quick weeknight meal with meat that tastes good than it does a vegetarian one. I think partially is because you chuck a thing of meat in the oven with some spices and you let it hang out for like 45 minutes. You could go do other things. You could prep a salad. Whereas I think like you said is to get vegetables and vegetarian sources of protein like tofu to taste good, it requires effort and it requires planning ahead. If you're in a pinch, sure, you could eat a block of tofu out of the fridge, but I guarantee you that that's why people say they don't like tofu. Yeah. And I think it's also a matter of like making sure that it's a complete vegetarian meal where you are having some source of protein, whether it's like you're having lentils or you're having tofu or you're having tempeh. I think that's kind of where that challenge comes in is because it takes a good amount of time. You know, it's it's 
a little bit tougher. And I think that's also some of that barrier to why not as many people are vegetarian or vegan is just because it feels like a more involved process compared to like you cut the meat, you throw it in a frying pan, you pour some spices on it. Yeah. Another example going down this rabbit hole specifically is lunches. It's so easy to make like a deli meat sandwich. Not saying that deli meat's the healthiest thing you can pick, but you can make lunch in like under 10 minutes, under five minutes if you're efficient. Whereas I think to make a vegetarian sandwich, you either have to make some, you have to do something to the protein. And so you can't just throw it together as quickly, which this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just sometimes you don't have the time. Sometimes you're lazy. Sometimes you're sick. I don't know where I'm going with this, but clearly I do it. But I think when I want quick meals, a lot of times it is just pasta with no source of protein. Yeah, which I feel like can be can be tough, you know, and I feel like that's just one of those things where you have to find the balance that works for you, you know, whether you eat meat, whether you don't eat meat, no matter what your diet is, you have to find the balance that works for you. And then, oh, speaking of viral recipes, one that I've seen a lot lately is, and this is kind of gross, in my opinion, some people like it, it's not my jam, but I've seen people make volcanoes out of mashed potatoes. So what they'll do is they'll make these mashed potato volcanoes and it's like a mountain of mashed potatoes and they'll put like broccoli or asparagus in for trees and then they'll have dino nuggets and they'll put the dino nuggets inside like the mashed potatoes and then they'll pour gravy over the top like a little volcano. I don't think I would ever eat it because it does not sound appealing to me, but to see these feats happen, I'm like, that was a lot. That took a lot of effort. I don't think I could do it, but I will appreciate watching it. Still don't think I'd want to eat it. I don't understand where the gross part comes in. I'm more of the, I am too lazy to put that amount of effort to something I'm going to eat in 10 minutes. I think I'd, I think it's because I don't like gravy. I think if it was something else, maybe it wouldn't feel like so gross to me, but I'm like, ugh, gravy. See, I was trying to figure out what the problem with mashed potatoes was, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I think it's also like the fact I would never put like chicken nuggets with mashed potatoes. Like I'm trying to picture a meal in which I would do this. A roast chicken? A roast chicken, yes. But chicken nuggets like texturally with the mashed potato. I don't think I could do that. It's too weird. Okay, it looks gross. So you've looked it up. Yes. Well, this one looks like vomit. Oh, oh, well, that's pleasant. I think they made the gravy red for some reason, maybe to look like lava. That's gross. Hang on. I'm going to look this up so I can see. What did you look up? Type in mashed potatoes volcano. Oh, that one really looks gross. Why is it red? That's what I'm saying. That's... <laughs> oh, this one's cute. Why do you think this one's gross? This is so cute. I found one with normal brown looking gravy. Just look at the Google images for it and you'll see the ones with the dino nuggies. Okay, that's cute. I'm like, I feel like as a kid, yes, that would hype me up. I'd be like, I can eat all my vegetables. I can eat my mashed potatoes. I could eat my dino nuggets. Yes. However, as an adult, not appealing. Not appealing. I feel like this is what you would make your child for their birthday. I do. I do agree with that. And I think that a lot of people like put down some uh, tinfoil on their table and then they'll just build it up on their table. And then I think everybody probably just eats from there. But I do see it as a birthday dish. I think if your kid was like under the age of 10, it would be a very memorable moment. 
And if they love dinosaurs. Okay, it's very cute, but I definitely think this is like a special occasion you do it once type of thing. Yes, I agree. I agree. But yeah, so I just thought I would share that with you because I thought that it's an interesting one that I've seen circulating and gaining popularity. Also, I don't mind gravy. No, I don't know. I just, I'm not a big gravy person. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's not for me. I feel like you're not a sauce person. See, I want to disagree with you, but I think it's like, I am, but I'm not. Like, I'm not a big dressing person. Like, I'll do some, like, balsamic, but that's it. But, like, if I have ketchup on something, sure. If I have, like, curries, I don't mind any of those sauces. Like, those are all great. I don't know. I think it's maybe just, like, certain certain situations. But I think if they're there, I'm like, all right, it's fine. So you would eat the gravy volcano? I would try it. <laughs> I can't promise that I'd like it. I might eat around the gravy, but I would eat it. Anyways, shall we move on to the cookie dip, which I've been seeing going around, where it's like cottage cheese and a little bit of sweetener and some almond flour and some chocolate chips and a couple other things. And it supposedly tastes like cookie dough. What did you think? It 100% does not taste like cookie dough. I had Kyle try it, and he says it tastes like a cannoli, and I agree. It tastes more like an imitation cannoli filling than a cookie. I could see that. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't taste like cookie dough. I don't know why they say it's supposed to taste like cookie dough. I feel like the consistency is similar to cookie dough, though. Like, consistency-wise, yes. Taste-wise, no. I think because it has chocolate chips, so they just called it cookies. I think you're right. I feel like people think that they can throw chocolate chips in anything with vanilla and call it a cookie, and it's not okay. Yeah. Not to say that it wasn't good. It's just not a cookie. I think it should be promoted as a cannoli dip. I agree. I don't know if it gave me full cannoli vibes. I'll have to like revisit it and try it again after this just to see. But I don't think it gave me like chocolate chip cookie dough vibes. Have you ever tried like chocolate chip cookie dough, but with the version where it's like you use garbanzo beans instead? It's like a healthy version. That sounds awful. It sounds awful. It's actually kind of good. At least I thought it was kind of good. I feel like it tastes a little garbanzo-y, but I feel like it tastes potentially better than this one. I'll have to retry and then maybe I can do like a comparison test. I just feel like texturally it looks like ricotta cheese that you turn into a cannoli. I don't think it was cookie dough textured only because it was too loose. Maybe I didn't put enough of the flour in, but like it wasn't it was soft. It wasn't solid. It wasn't solid, but I feel like it wasn't like super, super soft. Like mine did not resemble a dough. Like I couldn't roll a ball with it. I feel like mine semi-resembled a dough. I feel like if I cooled it for a little bit, I maybe could roll a ball with it. Do you think it would bake well? Should I try that? I have some left. Do you think it would bake well or do you think it'd turn out like a nightmare? Probably a nightmare, but I'm also really intrigued. Maybe I'll try like baking one singular ball and then we'll see how it goes and I'll let you know. How can yours roll into a ball? Mine literally is just extra firm cottage cheese. I mean, I didn't, I only put eight ounces of cottage cheese in. How many ounces of cottage cheese did you put in? Well, mine happened to be 16 ounces, so I just doubled everything. Oh, see, that would have been smart. I measured mine out till it was like 8.5 ounces and I was like, yep, that's it. And I just dumped it in. Because I was worried. I was like, I don't want to have all this cookie dough. What if I don't like it? Oh, it's a ton. But also, I was too lazy. First of all, 
my cottage cheese was already too old. And by too old, I mean past expired. So I did not want to deal with like extra cottage cheese that I needed to figure out what to do with it. So I just doubled everything. Also, for anybody listening, it was sealed. It's just been sitting in my fridge for a very long time. And I, I'm just going to use it. Which also like, I don't know if it was still good or not. I don't know. I got mine literally last night after the disappointing ramen episode. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't know that happened last night. Oh, it did happen last night. It happened last night. And then immediately afterwards, we came back, we cooked food. And then I was like, all right, now I need to go get the stuff for this cookie dough. And as a consolation prize, we also picked up stuff to make homemade salsa. Ooh, very nice. Which, if you ever want, I've got a really good recipe for homemade salsa. It's so good. It's like a little spicy, but not too spicy. And you just put everything in your food processor, and it's delicious. I would highly recommend. I thought you were going to say, as a consolation prize, you got actual cookies. No, although that would also be a good idea. I mean, hey, I can try to turn it into cookies in my oven, but I don't know how well it will work. I do not have faith. It does not have any sort of rising agent in it, so we'll see. I think you just have to picture what baking cottage cheese would happen, and I don't know if it's good. Yeah, what if it ruins my pan? Just put parchment down or something. True. I would like to say, is I was at the grocery store, and they have, which maybe is partially why I have such a strong association with cannolis, but I was like, I need to put this cookie dip on something. I can't just eat it by the spoonful, because that's weird. So they had these little cannoli chips, which are basically just cannoli shells that they broke up. Mm-hmm. And they were covered in powdered sugar, and I dipped it, and it was great. Ooh, that does sound very good. Do you know what I've heard is also good for, like, cookie dips is graham crackers. Ooh, that is a good idea. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I feel like graham crackers would also be an acceptable alternative. Here's my thing is when I was making this is I think I would rather just make it with actual ricotta. And instead of seasoning, seasoning, sweetening it with powdered sugar, just sweetening it with the maple syrup. And I feel like that would be more appealing to me. But this was good. Like, it's not like it was bad. Yeah, I think it was I think it was good. I debated whether to do the maple syrup or to use honey because I feel like honey might be a more neutral flavor. But I ended up going with the maple syrup and I'm not I'm not upset at it. I think it worked pretty well. I couldn't taste it very much. I couldn't either. But I did have to go and get vanilla protein powder for this recipe. And I was like, which vanilla protein powder do I get? Which one is good? I don't know. I may or may not have forgotten that part. That's probably why yours was liquidy. Like, mine was literally, like, if you put cottage cheese in a food processor. That was the texture. No, it requires a scoop of protein powder. I know it does. I saw it. I have protein powder just on the regular. I mean, I don't drink it on the regular, but I have it, like, in the kitchen. Maybe that's what happened. That's probably what happened, because I feel like protein powder makes everything really, really thick. Maybe I either... Because I doubled the recipe, I only added like the one scoop or I completely forgot it altogether because I don't have any recollection of what I did with protein powder. How long ago did you make this? Last night. We are so on track. Try adding in like a scoop of protein powder to whatever you have made for it and see if it helps any. You should send me a picture of yours. I want to see what texture it is. Okay. I'll send you a video of mine, like on Snapchat or something, so you can see, like, the consistency. But it's pretty, like, it's scoopable. Yeah, no, mine's scoopable. It's just not ballable. I feel like mine might have been. I don't know. I'll have to go back and double check. But it was, it was like, relatively thick. I do think, though, for people who are making this recipe, 
I do wonder how much the almond flour impacted this recipe or like if you could use regular flour and just bake it first, you know, to get rid of E. coli versus if you needed to use almond flour for taste. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it would work if you used regular flour that had been baked? I think part of the reason you use almond flour is just because you don't want raw flour in something you're not cooking. I wasn't thinking necessarily because of the E. coli thing. I was thinking more because of the it's just going to taste like you're eating raw flour. I feel like a lot of the recipes, though, when they call for something with flour in it and they sub it out for a different type of flour, like a almond flour, etc., I feel like it's because flour typically has the risk of having E. coli unless you cook it. Like, that's why people don't eat raw flour. That's why you're not supposed to eat cookie dough. I thought cookie dough was the egg thing, salmonella. It's also the flour thing. Never heard of the warning from the flour perspective. It's always been the, like, don't get salmonella thing, which... Hey, I've eaten raw cookie dough for like over two decades and here I am. Same here. Well, do you have any other recipes that are like on your docket for things you want to make? Not really. I've been making a lot of Rainbow Plant Life's tofu scramble because I think it's the best one that I've tried because she makes a little sauce and then you almost like mini, I don't know, braise it or whatever, but like the tofu soaks up the sauce and then it tastes good. I like it because it keeps me full a long time. I was doing oatmeal for a little, but I'm hungry like two hours later. No matter what I do, you can tell me to add nuts. You can tell me to add fats. I'm still hungry. I know. That that one's a tough one. Oatmeal can be tough sometimes. I still really like that recipe for the oatmeal with the mashed banana in it that we have in the um, Oshi Glows. That one, that one keeps me full. I don't know if it's because the oats aren't cooked and it takes you longer to digest them raw. She also does add, like, fats and chia seeds and stuff like that. But, like, her overnight oats keep me full. But, like, when I make, like, oatmeal, say, on the back of the box or whatever, like, I'll add peanut butter, I'll add nuts, I'll add fruit. It just doesn't work. I think it might also be, like, the fiber from the banana. And I think it's also, like, a higher calorie oatmeal, too. Because, like you said, there's, like, chia seeds in there. There's, like, a whole bunch of different stuff in there. But I really like that overnight oats because... It really does keep me full. Like a lot of other oats will not keep me full, but those ones consistently, yes. Yeah, I love her overnight oats recipes. I just, for me personally, I can't eat cold food, especially in the morning in the winter. Oh, sometimes I just heat it up in the morning. Hmm. Like I'll overnight oats it and then I'll heat it up in the morning, which is like counterintuitive. Not what you should do, but I feel like I've done it before. How is it? I think it's good. I mean, I could have sworn that I've heated it up at least a couple times. Not any time recently, but I feel like I have. I feel like there's no rule saying you can't. I guess that is an option I never thought of. Is there anything you're making a lot or that you want to make? A lot of eggs recently, just because I've not had the motivation to cook. But things I want to make, after last night's ramen incident, as you can tell, this has greatly impacted me. Now I'm like, now I want to learn how to make ramen. I feel like that'd be really good. And you don't have to rely on going out for it. You can just do it yourself. I know. I'm like, that'd be really good. Or I know that Kate one time made miso soup and I was like, she was like, oh, it's so easy to make. I make it all the time. And now I'm like, maybe I should make some miso soup. I feel like that'd be a really good winter thing to make. I think it's very good for like, if it's rainy outside, cold, if you're not feeling good. I just like soup. I'm usually not a big soup person, but I'm like, I feel like just because I've not been feeling super well lately. I feel like I could go for some soup. Thanks for cooking with us. Our next book club is going to be Pockets, An Intimate History of How We Keep Things Close by Hannah Carlson, and that will be dropping on March 4th. 
We hope you enjoyed our discussion on cooking some of these viral recipes. We'd love to hear what recipes you've seen floating around on the social media these days. You can send them to us at our email, podcast at gmail.com, or DM us on Instagram at podcast. And don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you're listening. <laughs>